This is what flow from Progressive sounds like in one of our commercials. You may have seen one there on TV occasionally. And speaking of motorcycle insurance rates, did you know that our basic motorcycle policies start at just $75 a year? And speaking of speaking of insurance, I just love... And this is how that same commercial sounds on your motorcycle. Yeah, everything's better on a bike. Progressive keeps you on yours. Get a quote in as little as three minutes at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents, which means you're going to start telling your kids to clean up before the cleaning lady comes. Doesn't make sense, but you're the parent and they're the kids. You're going to start telling them that now, too. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. And there's your opening to remind them who pays the bills around here. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. This is the Vencast Studio Collection. Doing it, doing it, doing it. All right, welcome to episode number 27 of Riding the Pine. I am Hondo here with Stack God. What's up, Stack God? Hey, Hondo, what's going on, man? Hey, so we're, uh, we're just two today. We're just two, but we're going strong. We're going strong. There's, there's some good ball going on this week, so uh, you know, we have a little bit to talk about, but I think, it, I think it'll be a little bit shorter episode for our, for our listeners tonight. Today, whenever I don't know, internet time, internet yeah, time just freak, freaks me out. So that's a beautiful thing about podcasting; they do whatever <laughs> they want to. So this this is uh, episode twenty seven. So twenty seven is uh, Rudy Gobert, Jamal Murray, Zaza Pachulia, Yusuf Nurkic. I, I probably got that wrong. I apologize, Key. Uh, <laughs> Jordan Crawford and Jordan Hill. And should we just throw on another Jordan just to make sure? I, I don't know. There's, uh, there's got to be somebody there else. There must have been one at some point. If you're a Jordan, you wear number 27. Shout out to us. You know what's <laughs> We're just going to get Jordans throughout high school. <laughs> Jordans throughout high school ball just coming back we'll up We'll get in errors and omissions. So. All right. So as, as a new clip on this, uh, this episode, give me your favorite story of the week. Oh, shit, I wasn't ready for this. <laughs> no, it's it's fine. Yeah. It's just like what what did you watch? Is there a highlight? Is there a play? Is there something that you you saw? Uh, uh, yeah. So by far my favorite thing what happened this week was actually the Cavs hitting the twenty five three twenty five threes in yeah. that game. Like I, uh, I we're going to talk about this a lot more in, later in the episode, but like the threes that are raining in this season <laughs> have just been absolutely <laughs> absurd. We the record has been broken or tied three times so far in 2017, and like it just it's just not stopping. So, uh, shout out to the Cavs. Like it was an insane night, but like you can't be comfortable with that record as it stands. No, because like, the Rockets are coming for you, right? <laughs> you <got> so, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's absolutely absurd. Like how it's just the offensive schemes have changed so much yep. over the last couple of years. Damn it, Steph Curry, you changed you changed everything. Changed it. And yet we still have a resurgence of big men. It's a it's a weird it's an awkward era in the NBA, but it, it's some it's some really exciting stuff. Welcome to the awkward era. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I'm gonna keep that keep that idea surfacing yeah. throughout throughout the rest of the season because the awkward era definitely emerges where especially with these teams that like you think should tank, but they're actually gonna try and win. It's like the Wolves, not really that far out of the playoffs, but... But determined to make the playoffs. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> what? Yeah. All right, but my, I think my favorite thing has to, has to be this comment from uh, Lou Williams. And Lou Williams, <laughs> Lou Williams says about playing for the Rockets, I smile more and I feel better. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> Just like... That is hilarious. That is absolutely hilarious. Just because, because of I just imagine how painful. Oh God, L.A. was is just it's just been painful this year. Yeah, but now he like he walks into the locker room and Houston is like happy days playing in the back. <laughs> just no yeah, like a different swagger to him. No, and, no problem whatsoever. Yeah. But I imagine. I mean, as a player, you have to feel you have to feel great about going to a. About really going to a contender, yeah. And it's just like, regardless of where you like, if you're a starter, if you're on the bench, I don't think it matters. Like, if you're in the atmosphere of a of a team in a winning mode, like, it just it has to change the energy. Oh yeah, it must. And I think part of it is like 
when teams are tanking and doing bad like the Lakers have been, like you do that, you make those like operational decisions as a basketball team for the team and the organization yeah. with very little loyalty and semblance to what it actually means to the players. Sure. Whereas winning, not that it's not for the organization or for the benefit of the team, yeah. but it's all about the players at that point. And they're the ones that are actually making that happen. And they're celebrated in that way. Yep. Uh, and that's a, there's a huge difference in what that actually must feel like as an NBA player. So it, it, it has to be. And just like a team like the Lakers where you have, you know, there, there, there's problems at so many different levels. It, <laughs> like yeah. problems with problems with the players, problems with coaching, problems with ownership. It's just like, but when you get in that, when you get in those levels of like multiple, multiple layers of just disorganization and just chaos, like it, it just, it's defeating for everybody and the communication patterns aren't there and everything is out the window. Oh, yeah. So, all right, enough about that. That'll just drain your energy right <laughs> yeah, there and there. I'm tired. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> just the Lakers rest here. So you know what? We're just gonna we're gonna go right into it. We have to go right into it. There's no other option. So we are gonna go right into gameplay. So 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 we are gonna go. All right. So we're gonna we're gonna go into it as we always do. Some. Uh, some gameplay highlights. So we just have a few games this last week. There's, there was some good games this week. Fun ball. There wasn't as many good games as especially a few weeks ago that we saw. So let's let's just go into it right away. So our RTP game of the week was Washington versus Golden State. Washington defeats Golden State. Yeah, they do. One twelve, one oh eight. This is on two twenty eight. But this kind of comes at a cost. Well, not sorry. Doesn't come at a cost for Washington. Uh, this game comes at a cost for uh, Golden State. Yeah, they lost much more than the game. Oh gosh! So losing losing KD over hyperextending his knee, he's going to be evaluated what four weeks? In four weeks, yeah. He's uh, so that's not a timetable for return. Unfortunately, they actually listed him out indefinitely. Uh, so there's a lot of different chatter in the league right now about whether he will be able to make it back before the playoffs. Uh, some people are saying he'll get in in a couple games before round one. Some people are saying he might not even make it till into round one, assuming that they that they think that their current core without KD could make it through the pass, or past the first round. It might be more prudent to sit him uh, for those four to seven games. But I mean, no matter at which way you spin it, this is bad news for the Warriors. It's it's not good. But I mean, it's just like they have such a, an incredible team, though, that it's it's like they can still win. But it's like you you lost a very critical portion of it. Oh yeah, like the. I would argue the most critical player on their team. Yeah, right uh, now. Yeah, I don't necessarily agree with that, but okay, okay. Uh, but I think that it's, there's a point to be made, right? Like uh, Curry and, and Clay Thompson and Draymond, like they can run the offense, and to an extent, Draymond has shown that he can be a, a ridiculous force on defense. But at the same time, they've been really leaning on Kevin Durant this entire season to be their interior defender, mm-hmm. even above Zazar Javale McGee. Like he's he's having he has a career high in, in blocks this season. He's been absolutely killing it, and and now you just you look vulnerable on the defensive end, and your offensive efficiency goes down. Like Kevin Durant is a very very special player, and any team that loses him is going to see that hit. Mm-hmm. And regardless of how easy Golden State has made it look without Kevin Durant in the last few years. It took them 60 games or 40 games or however many games it did to get there to really have him mesh with that team. Mm-hmm. But you don't just go back to 2015, 2016, or 2014, 2015 Warriors when he steps out. It's not like, yeah. oh, yeah, we've done this before. We're good. Yeah. Like, no, you're you're a different team this year, and now he's gone from that, and you're going to feel the effects of that. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I, I don't disagree with that what, whatsoever. It's it's good, though, that the much of the core that remains even after Durant steps out is – they're highly in tune with one another. So yeah. it's like they're not going to stop winning, but it's it will change the dy- it will change the dynamic of how they play. Yep. So talk a little bit about the stats from this game. The Splash Brothers, uh, Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, managed to go 5 of 20, 22 from 3. <laughs> uh, Steph has been uh, he had 3 games this week where he shot 12% from 3. Uh, he's just yeah, he's he's I don't know if he's lost his swagger since the All-Star break or you know, I mean, obviously everybody goes through cold streaks. It's just not something we're used to seeing with Steph Curry. So uh, I'd keep an eye on that. Uh, they, they've been they've been slacking a little bit. 
uh, on the winning side, uh, Wall had 19 assists. And, that, that's yeah, stupid. Yeah, dude, he's been going 12 points and 19 assists. And that, the team had 29 assists. He's he's just an insane amount of, of the distribution. And to back that up, in this game, the Wizards had six players with 12 or more points. And their highest uh, player and on their way to 112, uh, Bradley Beal only had, tw- only had 25 points. So... The distribution on the team is really awesome. Yeah. Obviously, it's it's very contingent on one player and, and John Wall, but sure. nobody can stop him in, in creating offense for that team. They've been but, awesome. But to be fair, I think every I think every NBA team is contingent at least upon one player. Like somebody is driving somebody is driving the offense. There's sure. there's yep. there's a player at the center. I think with the distribution, it makes them pretty deadly in the East, um, for, especially with Washington. So having that distribution, not not relying too terribly much, especially after you get past Wall and Beal. Yeah, and I think that you are a little safer in today's NBA, uh, given things like a grade two MCL sprain in game 65 of the season or whatever. When you have, when you're more reliant on one player passing and distributing the ball through your offense, mm-hmm. then you are relying uh, on a similar player to do the actual scoring, right? Because yeah. it's, it's easier to remove one guy from scoring the basketball. It's really harder, in my opinion, it's much harder to remove one guy from finding open guys in the court and making plays. Yeah, they just—they're that distribution network that changes everything. So it's you—you yep. you take Harden out of the offense in yeah. Houston. Uh, Houston, where are you? So, right. um, okay, let, let's move on. on. Moving on to a few other games. OKC defeated the Jazz one hundred nine one hundred six. This is on two twenty eight. Bestbrook continues to go off. These. These numbers are stupid. They are stupid. 43, 43, 11, and 10. Shouldn't be able to do that. Should be rules against that. <laughs> so they, there's a stat in this game that the Thunder made their first 12 three-point attempts. Yeah. Yeah, they went 12 of 13 in the first in the first half, uh, 12 of 12. <laughs> with, in the first, I think it was 20 minutes or so of the game. There's absolutely right. So credit to the Jazz. They overcame a lot. I think they were down 14 in the second half at one point. Yeah. Managed to take the lead by one with a few minutes left to go. Uh, and then Westbrook just did as Westbrook does. Uh, I counted the, the numbers here. There was an eight-minute and 25-second period in the fourth uh, where the, where the uh, Thunder retook the lead, scored 14 points, all of which were scored by Mr. Russell Westbrook. So uh, Jeremy Grant managed to get a couple of free throws late in that game to, to break him scoring basically all of the Thunder's points in the fourth quarter. But it's, 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 just, it's just stupid, man. It's stupid. It's but who's your favorite? Who's your favorite person? Kind of taking over in the fourth. Is it? Would it? Would it be Westbrook, or or do you still defer to Isaiah Thomas? I, I think it's Westbrook, man. I love what Isaiah Thomas does. Uh, but at the same time, like I've just I've seen Russell Westbrook do it with this like this chip on his shoulder and this determination and this motivation that. Is just unmatched in my opinion. Like the the man is just ferocious in, <laughs> in a way that we haven't seen in a basketball player in, in, de- in at least a decade and a half. And yeah. yeah, I don't know. He's just he's just an absolute machine in, in a way that I haven't seen in a long time. And, and, but and I he think... turns it on, and and you know when it's coming, and you know especially when it happens in OKC and the crowd gets going, yeah. you know exactly what's going to happen and what they're going to do, and he's going to ISO and he's going to end up getting an and one on you. Yeah, and it happens so consistently and so regularly that. It's almost casual again. These these forty three eleven ten uh, nights, and it's just it's amazing to see. I I absolutely love love watching him in the fourth quarter. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I'm going to make a bit of a a little bit of a controversial call, and I'm yeah. going to say that Westbrook, like Westbrook, could play could play back in the day. Like he could he could play with Jordan. He could play yeah. with he could play in a different era and still be. I don't know if he could be this good, but he could still be Hall of Fame caliber. Yeah, I don't disagree with that at all. I think that a lot of the argument that he that most modern NBA players couldn't is based on you know hand checking, the fact that you know you're not going to get a lot of those friendly calls from the refs. There's not as much of like a, a personal accom- accomplishment in terms of like uh, the motivation and, and getting stats and, and that kind of personal recognition as opposed to the team success. But I mean, if you look at Westbrook playing. The, the pace that he plays at, he's running up and down the court, is way higher than most NBA players do. And, and I think that that would actually lend itself to an older NBA game where you have guys, you know, running up, chucking up shots, grabbing the rebound and passing the ball back up and rinse and repeat as opposed to these 
set plays and, and all of the things that, that a lot of the modern NBA teams do. And I, I could absolutely see Westbrook being successful in that kind of environment. Sure. All right, let, let, let's continue on. We have two more games uh, for our games of the week. I, did, I didn't have a chance to check this one out, but this, this is Boston versus Cleveland, 103-99. Did you watch this game? Yeah, yeah, it was a good game. It was a good back and forth. It was Darren Williams' first game in a Cavs uniform, which was, which was exciting to see, and you know, just a good, uh, good Eastern Conference matchup. Uh, there were a couple plays. This game got real intense at the end. Um, so first of all, LeBron with the triple-double uh, always deserves recognition. You get 28, 13, and 10. Wow. Uh, in a losing effort, the, uh, the, Cle- uh, the, the Celtics managed to win 103-99 in this one. Uh, Avery Bradley had some absolutely killer lockdown defense on Kyrie Irving late, late <laughs> in the game. Um, Bradley's defense is, is crazy. It is. I, it I, is. Lo- I love watching him, and it's like he can, he can stand up against some of, the, some of the best players in the league, yeah, in my yeah. opinion. It's great to see him on the court, and, and Kyrie was, was really trying to put the moves on him late in the game um, and was going and ended up with a contested fadeaway, which, which still only went back rim, but he, he defended it as well as anybody could be expected to, to do that. Sure. Um, uh, quick shout-out. So what, what I did want to focus on in this game was, uh, so like I said, it's Darren Williams' first game in the Cavs uniform. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were uh, tied 99-99. Uh, Darren Williams uh, manages to follow Isaiah Thomas on a jump shot from behind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and give free throws uh, to to go down and uh, to, or to go down one hundred one ninety nine, uh, and then on the f- ensuing possession, LeBron defers to Darren Williams in the corner after getting uh, basically triple teamed on a three pointer, finds the open Darren Williams in the corner, who then bricks what would have been the game winning threes uh, as a Cavalier, and uh, is not making his best. <laughs> I, I'm looking at the box here for the Cavs, and it, it's actually kind of funny because it's like. Oh, here's the here's the starters list: Channing Fry with three points, Tom, uh, Thompson with nine points, yep. Shumpert with uh, two points, and it's just like, huh? What's what's uh, what's really happening here? Boy, Thompson has been on the skids recently. Yeah, I think they're missing uh, Kevin Love more than most people would would let on, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, you you have the, your second best rebounder on that team right now is is LeBron James by far, uh, and. Like right now, there's there's very little in that offense. Like there's very actually very little scoring talents uh, in anywhere on that on that roster right now. Obviously, you have Kyrie and LeBron and, and Channing Fry can make it through, and you need him too. And Tristan Thompson can God. can eat lobs, but there's just there's not a whole lot there in terms of just you know getting shit done. Yeah, uh, and I think that that's why you go and you add Darren Williams and and Andrew Bogut, who at least can score when they're in the right place at the right time. But uh, Kevin Love. You know whether most people want to admit it or, or not is is a good post player and he is a good three point shooter and he can create for himself and he can get hotter than most players can on the team. Not to mention he is a, a force on the on the boards. Um, and I think that people are are kind of acting these last couple of weeks like Cleveland is at full strength right now. No, and no, they're absolutely, absolutely not. No way. Yeah, because but it's it's just stupid looking at this bench. I mean Williams Fry. Uh, Jefferson, Liggins, like, oh my God, Bogut is on the bench. Like, this bench is as good as, like, I think it's better than the Mavericks. It's good as the Mavericks. (laughs) It's probably better than Brooklyn. Uh, I'm just, like, just shocked. All right. So, our last game, let's talk a little bit more about Cleveland. Cleveland ended up defeating. Cleveland ended up defeating uh, Atlanta, 135 130. This is from 3-3. Uh, both Kyrie and LeBron were back for this game. Kyrie went off with like 43 points in this. LeBron had 38. This is where the record yep. was actually set. Uh, they were so they were 25 from 46 Oof. from three. It's nasty. <laughs> but I, I checked this out. There were actually 35 total three pointers made in this game, and there was 72 attempts. Oh. 72 attempts. I like. How long until we see the hundred mark? How long until we absolutely like it can't be that far away? No, I don't think it is. Um, yeah, continuing on that Thompson train, he was like thirty-one minutes and four points. You you need him to score more than that. Like, I I get I get his rebound rebounding capabilities, but man, he's got to step up and score at least at least score like eight to ten. Yeah, yeah. Because at, at at four at four, you're just you're not proving your value. No, you're not. But the Cavs almost, I mean, you, 
you kind of effectively remove him from the offense when you're attempting 46 threes in a game. Like, I, I wonder how many chances he would have actually gotten and how many of those were essentially just deferred to, well, I'm going to take a three because we're really hot right now. Yeah. You know? Fair enough. Uh, I'll tell you something, though. Tim Hardaway Jr.'s stock continues to rise. So he had 36 points, like two two boards, two assists. Like, weird stat line, but... Uh, but anyways, 36 points off the bench. Yeah. It's <laughs> continuing to prove his value. What do you see as happening with the Hawks kind of uh, continuing on in this season, though? In this season? Uh, I don't see them. I mean, it's the East, right? Like, yeah. They're fifth best in the East on, yeah. on, a, on a good day. Like, I, I like the team yeah. they put together. I think that they they managed to be the home that Dwight Howard was looking for, as unlikely as that seemed you know, this off season last year, however, no, you wouldn't have expected that he would have had, you know, this kind of mini resurgence in, in Atlanta. And I, and I love that. I'm, I'm a big fan of Paul Millsap. I'm a, I've been on record, uh, gushing over Tim Hardaway Jr. I think he's, <laughs> he's absolutely busting out this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and Schroeder's having a better season this year too. So they've got a lot of pieces that, that they're kind of, uh, building a solid core around and they're, they're being a successful team, in the East, but they they lack that star power that it kind of requires you, that is required of you to be able to be successful in the postseason. Like every team above them in the East right now has yeah. like bona fide all stars uh, and guys that you know love to put on a show and and love to really you know step up in those big moments. And yeah, not to take away from Paul Millsap, I know the man was an all star this year, but he doesn't have that kind of no, he's like persona or, or that, that that you know shine to him. Uh, come, and yeah, I think that you know Dwight Howard obviously used to be that guy, is nowhere near that anymore. And so like they they've got good players. I I love Coach Bud. I love the the team that they put together. I think it's an awesome team culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're they're just lacking that like that it. Yeah, I, I complete I completely agree. I, I think where what's interesting though with the East this year is like they're gonna end up in either that five or six spot. Mm-hmm. I, I just I don't the East is so so shaky as you get to the bottom that I, I just don't think think that anyone else is gonna move uh, I mean I think that people may move up on the bottom. I, I, I definitely think that Miami has a shot uh, at number eight and but like Chicago and Indiana like I don't know. I'm not. I am not gambling on them to rise much further. <laughs> like that's, that's to fair. to say to stay uh, stable. But uh, I don't think. I don't think. Uh, sorry. I don't think that Milwaukee actually has it either. Um, after after the injuries. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, we'll we'll continue on with our highs and lows for this week. So where do we begin? Where do we begin? I think. You know, we've already talked about this now a couple of times, but obviously the Cavs setting the record is is just a great moment, and it's a great moment, and it's it's a challenge. It's a challenge to the Rockets. The Rockets, you have one week on the clock. <laughs> <laughs> You're up. Step up to the plate. <laughs> All right. There's there's also a really funny story from this last week. This is a shout-out to Dan from NBA Thursday. <laughs> how he knew this, how he knew this, and why this is tracked, I like... I get that the NBA tracks everything, but this is like, this to me did not make sense. But the Bulls, <laughs> the Bulls have just a league leading 18 straight regular season Thursday night home games on TNT. Like this is, this is like betting against the, uh, betting against the trailblazers. Like I did earlier in the season. It's like, they never lose the opener, right? <laughs> they never lose they, they They're going to lose a ton of games yeah, afterwards, yeah. but not a playoff team. they, they, they they take their opener very seriously. <laughs> so the Bulls, for some reason, take it very seriously. A lot of people had to lose a crazy amount of money in Vegas on that on that that kind of stat. So I don't know who's betting that stat. It's gonna there's somebody's gonna start to I bet, <laughs> this, when they're going for nineteen. I don't know. Yeah, shout out to Dan. This was it was a fun game to track just because knowing that record is a thing. Uh, and yeah, I did double check it afterwards. I had to fact check him, but he was he was right on. All right, so take me at the last last big stat. This is this is from the T Wolves. What, yeah. what do we have here? Uh, my boy Ricky Rubio uh, with a triple double last night against San Antonio in San Antonio. Unfortunately, the Timberwolves lost. However, uh, this was this, uh, the league's seventy ninth <laughs> triple double. Uh, 
Thank you, Russell Westbrook and James Harden, for the most part. <laughs> uh, uh, the reason this is important is because 79 breaks the record for any other season in history, including the year that Oscar <laughs> Robertson averaged a triple-double. So, And there are some more games to go. 20-some uh, games left to go in the season. Uh, let's see if we can get 100. Oh, I think I think we can. I, I think we can. It's absolutely I think, possible. I think Bestwork will take it on his back, and, and we'll get over the finish line. So uh, <laughs> continue to go from here. Well, talking about points, uh, talking about points, Bestbrook stays in the conversation. Forty-four point three points in the last four games. Nasty. Scored over forty in all of those games. That is that is stupid. It's stupid. It's not like this is low caliber ball. Your your no. plate. You're playing against some of the best competitors in the league and still scoring 40. Yeah, all four games were a, uh, were a double-double. I believe two of them were triple-doubles, and unfortunately the Thunder only went two for, or two and two in that span. So, mm, Okay. You're the only one doing out, there, uh, out there doing any of the work. What happened on the dimes front? Uh, John Wall um, got 12.5 assists in four games. Um, it's pretty good. Pretty good. He yeah, it continues and yeah. <laughs> you know, nineteen assists is gonna gonna keep yeah. your average yep. kind of high. So. It'll help that. A um, couple other interesting stats: uh, Towns with eighteen rebounds and uh, in three games, including twenty two rebounds against the Rockets. <laughs> uh, he's been an absolute monster on the offensive glass. So shout out to him for that. It's been a, it's been a treat to see. He's really uh, really coming out and has been really aggressive in getting rebounds. Yeah. So. It's been great to see. And uh, Jokic with his third triple-double this month, uh, the first three of his career. What? Uh, got it against the Bulls on 228. Good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, one interesting point about that, uh, he now has more career triple-doubles than Marcus Gasol, uh, who only has two in his career. So um, obviously not to not to make the hottest takes uh, in terms of who's better at this point. Yeah, but yeah. It is interesting that we, that we have uh, big men that are that are really coming up in these young guys, and they stay, they're a little more dynamic and versatile than sure. even some of the best big guys in the last couple of years. So, but but it's like, uh, but the classic big guys just don't have the they don't have the dimes, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so I mean, it, it it's not a small feat to get a triple double. No, to to begin with, and it's like, but you, <laughs> it's like. If you're not going to get it on assists, what are you going to get? Like, you're not going to get it on blocks. You're, no. Like, you're not, big guy's not going to get it on steals. <laughs> like, no one's going to get it on steals. So it's just like, it's it's tough. But yeah, I, I think it's a bit too premature to kind of do a comparison, but certainly a, certainly a great career mark for, for Yurik at this this point. So, um, okay, as we as we always do. Let let's go to the old man's lounge. Oh man! Oh man! Oh man! One more time! Oh man! Oh man! Ah, so there are some there are some ugly numbers yeah. in here. I think we got to do it. We got to start out with uh, with our boy from Minnesota here, Brandon Rush. This is, this is Brandon Rush's uh, second induction in the last 10 days into the old man's lounge. <laughs> he comes to visit us 33 minutes, zero points, yeah. five boards. You know, he, he he did play. He did play. He's not <laughs> he's not registering zeros across the across the list. So hey, there's there's a there's a couple of names on here that don't normally come in to visit us. No. So uh, Damari Carroll, this is this is kind of surprising. So thirty minutes, zero points. What happened? <laughs> I mean, I'm not the best person. <laughs> no, no, that's that's fine. I, I, but we're just we're asking you, yeah. Damari Carroll is Damari Carroll. Is, what happened? Is everything okay? Is everything <laughs> like we're happy to give you gift certificates to the old man's lounge, but like we don't want to see you in here that often. Yeah, yeah, we, like we love visitors, but. At, you know, don't do it at, at, at any expense to yourself. Welcome, welcome, Brandon Ingram. I'm sure that your uh, your Instagram feed will have plenty of posts <laughs> from the old man's lounge, but uh, this is not where you want to post from because 26 minutes and zero points is not where you belong. Uh, you're trash, anyways. So I don't, I don't, I don't really care. I don't really care. We'll put you in the back corner in the old man's lounge. All right, other notables. Uh, a couple other brand names in there: Hollis Thompson, Matthew Delvadova, Costa Kufos, Chandler Parsons. All got on the old man's lounge with over 20 minutes played. 
John Lauer with 20 minutes um, and one notable thing. He went 0 for 8 in this game. So the the most field goal attempts uh, of any O-man's entrant this week. <laughs> and the second lowest plus minus with a minus 20 in 20 minutes. So uh, maybe work on your basketball skills a little bit, man. <laughs> maybe po- polish off some stuff a little bit. See if uh, yeah. you can pick yourself up. Go to the open gym just a little bit. <laughs> Oh man, this is this is tremendous. You know what? You really don't want to join us in the O Man's Lounge because all we're gonna do is criticize you. So put up some points and get on our uh, awesome moments that we can stand. All right. <laughs> all right. So there's oh there is kind of a nasty stat that fits in with our terrible moments for this week, and that's Curry uh, going off for his career worst zero for eleven. Uh, beyond beyond the the three uh, against Philly, so but it's just like oh he's gonna go zero for eleven and then he's gonna make make his next fifteen and set like an NBA record or yeah, something. That it's was just... that was the hope. Uh, but then actually the game immediately after that was the game against the Wizards in Washington. Oh and, yeah, uh, okay. He and Clay went five for twenty two. So this is part of I guess what kicked <laughs> off that really cold streak for him. So. That it's it's cold, but I, you can't count them out. Every time you do that, every time you do that, you start to lose games. Yeah, and, you, uh, you don't bet against the Golden and State you, Warriors. You either bad, lose bad games business. or you lose money by, <laughs> by by betting on it. All right, so let's turn our attention over to a uh, a couple of the insane plays from this last week. So these are five of our favorite plays uh, from the last week. So we got to go right into it. Blake Griffin has a nasty dunk over Robin Lopez. This was from 3-4, the, the Clips versus uh, Chicago. Jesus. It's just, <laughs> that guy That guy can continue to jump, and it's like, I've seen it before, but every single time I'm just I'm just like a moth attracted to the flame. <laughs> he just does it every single time. Uh, John Wall over Sean Livingston, I presume. Um, yeah. Dumb. Just dumb. Yeah. Just yeah. dumb. Just uh, not, I mean, he's, he's a guy that you know is athletic, but has so much finesse to his game that when it, when things like this happen, it's it's surprising. Uh, just, yeah, ridiculous drive right and then managed to dunk with his left hand on the right side of the basket over Sean Livingston <laughs> and JaVale McGee. Just absolutely going for it. I think. Uh, good effort. It was I, a great play. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give awards some extra bonus points for anybody dunking over Sean Livingston and also JaVale McGee yeah. just because, like, those dudes are super tall. Yeah. Super, super tall. So, like, getting up over them, great, great thing. Um, all right. So I don't know what it is about this season, but some – some way, somehow, like the NBA players think they're all NFL quarterbacks, and uh, Taj Gibson throws like a three-quarter shot and drains it to, I think it was to close the half. Close the half, yeah. Um, yeah, it was awesome. It's just like, <laughs> it's just like a, he just quickly intercepted it and like threw it right back up. It goes in, and you're like, everybody's going nuts, and it's just like, what just happened? Because yeah. we watched it live, and like people were double-taking, and we're like, huh? Yeah. That actually happened? All right, what happened on this next one? Yeah, uh, Thunder were up either one or two at the time over the uh, Pelicans. I don't quite remember, but uh, just Westbrook doing, as we discussed, what Westbrook does. He he drove, and he, he had a nasty dunk over DeMarcus Cousins with only a couple minutes left in the fourth quarter. Uh, and this was actually an and-one play that fouled DMC out of the game. So uh, <laughs> contextually, probably the hugest play on this list, other than maybe the next one we got coming up, but... Uh, yeah, just just absolutely nasty. Demarcus Cousins, not the kind of guy that you that you generally see on the receiving end of such abuse, but uh, but it happened and, and and it obviously paid off for Westbrook. So yeah, great play. This last play is just stupid. Like it's it's stupid, and you have to watch it. All of these plays we're gonna post up on our Twitter feed, Ryden underscore the Pine, on Twitter. Um, De- Demar Derozan just goes off. And he goes off over Rose. He does this nasty crossover to close out this game in a game winner. I this potentially potentially with the maneuvers that he has, it might make my top ten plays this season. Wow, I, that good, huh? I, well, the cross the the crossover sealed it for me. It was just, <laughs> but it's against Rose. It, yep. You're not playing against a slacker here. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> feel, feel, feel free to leave your comments on Twitter on that, that last one, but uh, like it's still Rose. You're still playing against Rose, and it was hot. It was highly contested, yeah. so it's like he wasn't just gonna roll, you know, roll through him on this. 
But, man, nasty shot. Just steps back, throws down like uh, Kyrie. I still, I still, in this scenario, though, I still want to give it to... I'm still going like Kyrie over DeRozan for you sure. Think so, and, and a and a mid-range pull-up uh, clutch situation. Uh, I guess if we're considering that mid-range, I still give it to DeRozan. But if if we're going beyond the arc, I give it to Kyrie over DeRozan. I yeah, I agree with that. And I think if we're going uh, inside a mid-range, I'll give it to a number of other people. I'd like to too, but, <laughs> Fair enough, but, but we don't we don't have time for all of that. Yeah, all of that, so. We're going to go to uh, From the Pine this week. So I don't know. We don't even have a scenario for what a two-person is. I, I th- well, No, we do. We do. We're going we're gonna to bust it out. We're going with the, uh, we're going with the give and go. Yeah, we're on the give and go. Do give it. and go. So we have to start this week with just old balls everywhere, going, moving, around, moving around to all these different teams. So we have Deron. We have Bogut. We have Jennings. Jeez, I don't even want to mention this guy's name, <laughs> but I will. We have Matt Barnes. Like people, people are moving around, kind of stabilizing some of these other teams. What's your take on what's actually transpired over the last week here? It's, it's kind of a in a weird situation, and I, I had a good talk with Guy about this whole thing. He's not a big fan over the fact that you have. Uh, you have these players being waived by teams that know they're tanking, and so basically they have these veteran players, and we don't want you anymore. You're contributing too many wins, right? We want the high lottery pick. We're paying you too much money. We're going to pay you less money to not be on the team. And then you have the Cavs and the Warriors and these other teams that are trying to be contenders that maybe have a missing veteran presence or an open spot in their roster, and they'll take these Darren Williams or or Matt Barnes and say, yeah, like come come on our team. And so like, it's this weird shuffling from of uh, a veteran, relatively talented or relatively good basketball talent from these bad teams, seemingly only to the the you know top two or three contenders in the league. Yeah. Uh, and it all just happens kind of at once. You know, it happens yeah. after the trade deadline. It's like the last of the dust settling, mm-hmm. uh, and it, it kind of propels the people that you expect to be at the top even higher because you have these ring chasers, these people that are trying to salvage one of their last seasons in the NBA, going to these teams. So as I said, yeah, Guy's not a big fan of it. Uh, yeah. I'm, a little, I'm a little on the fence, right? Like, it, it's, a, it's a free market situation. Like, the guys are on the, are on the market. Every team can try to pick them up. And, they're in, and these teams, these Golden State Warriors and the Cleveland Cavaliers, have something to offer yeah. that a lot of other teams aren't able to offer. And so you have Darren Williams going, and, and it creates – uh, this this dynamic, which is interesting, and in that that the teams really kind of solidify themselves and really get ready for a playoff. Play. Yeah, no. But at I, the same time, it's not a riskless situation. Like like we said earlier in the season, like Darren Williams, you know, got a foul on it and 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 missed the game winning three or potential game winning three. Sure, and these guys aren't instant successes on the teams. They they still have to do that that meshing. And oh, holding a lot. It's just it's not as, as straightforward as it looks. I think, but it, it's it is kind of an interesting. Uh, it's thing a, that happened no, in the it's NBA. it's it's certainly an interesting dynamic, and I, I I appreciate the free market of all of it. So it's like, well, you know, if you have if you're offering what these players want, yep. it's like these players are going to go there and they're going to tr- they're going to go try and chase a ring if if they can. Um, but the reality is that where where I see it kind of failing the NBA is like you don't we're not seeing a lot of scenarios where like. If you know Deron Williams and Bogut and like those guys, they're not going to these mid-tier teams to kind of create this tension in the East necessarily. It's just like they're solidifying the top, yep. and it's, and I get that. I get that. I mean, that will play into the finals itself. But I, I would actually like it, like it to play earlier on in, you know, like the like the second round especially, like in the Eastern Conference Finals. Like you have your one and two, you have your one and two, and it's. It's a complete battle because, you know, the two has solidified its spot with, with some good roster moves right. kind of picking up. So and, and then it's like, you know, potentially the three and four also also running for running for great talent, too, which is like eh, we definitely haven't seen that if if all those players are landing Cleveland and Golden State and whatever. Yeah, so. but it's kind of an interesting personnel thing, right? Like you don't have like none of these players, Darren Williams, Andrew Bogut, Brandon Jennings, Matt Barnes. Yeah. Uh, none of these guys are guys that a franchise can lean on to really propel them in a specific way. So, like, what I'm saying is that the the Celtics, the Raptors, 
the Wizards, they're not going to like they can't add an Andrew Bogut and have that actually propel them in any way. Like you can't lean on these guys. And they know okay. that and the players know that, right? Like Darren sure. Williams isn't at the point in his career where he's really doing uh, or having a gigantic positive force on any given team. Now what he won't do is he won't fuck up like like a rookie, like a K Felder or yeah. somebody like that would. Or at least you hope that he doesn't. <laughs> uh, but you know, he's been there before. That's essentially what, what you're signing him on for. Sure. But these guys, they don't they, they know where they're at in their careers. They don't want to be the guy that's leaned on and they don't want to have that pressure on themselves to have to try to beat the LeBron James Cavaliers or or the Warriors. It's it's a definitely a, a case of if you can't beat them, join them. And these guys, like they're taking sure. a back back seat to to what these teams already have going on, just oh, for I, the money and for the ring. You know, I, I I can agree with that that they will be taking a back seat, but they're they're jumping to this. But that, what what's funny then? It's it's really not it's not really a complete free market, and it's it's really just this market where your underperforming teams are just going to seed. That's your top contenders. Yep. And it, like that cycle just repeats over and over. And it's not until there's larger moves in free agency that you actually get significant change. And I, I, I get kind of building out the roster and I get like these guys chasing, you know, chasing a chance, an opportunity, mm-hmm. especially coming from a bad team. But yeah, it's, I don't know. It's, it, it's tough to digest sometimes. Yeah. Just like, it's like you already have this bench and it's just like, yeah, but but when you think about it, given the context of you don't have, they're not going to make that opportunity. They're they're, they're not really going to drive the wins. They're just they're just driving the cohesiveness of the team and the the actual impact longer into the playoffs. It's like if you can rely on your bench further into the playoffs, you can probably make a better run. Yep. So, well, definitely understood. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, just because the way that it feels right now is that there's actually very little repercussions to either the team that's waving the player or the team that's picking him up. It seems just like a relatively fluid transaction system. And it almost as an NBA fan seeing it from the outside, it, it kind of doesn't feel like it should be allowed, right? Like I, I don't have like a whole lot of basis for saying it shouldn't be but it's like uh, you're 60 games into the season mm-hmm. and you're just you have this guy signed for like 17 million dollars this year and you can just easily be like well no we don't want you on our team anymore we'll pay you whatever Darren Williams is getting from the Mavs right now 15 million or something sure. to not be on a team and open up that roster spot and the Cavs swoop in and taking on waivers and all they have to do is pay 900,000 in, in luxury tax and they're paying his salary of like 480,000 and like so, it's it's a very easy decision for these teams to just pick up these guys. Mm-hmm. Whereas you almost feel like there should be some consequences to making such drastic changes to your roster sixty mm-hmm. something games into the season. Like this is what the off season is for, where you're supposed to establish what your team is and and who your guys are before training camp and get them going and, and doing it. You shouldn't be going into the season planning on on making trades in my opinion and you definitely shouldn't be going to the season planning on picking up a, a you know a grizzled vet off of waiver wires 60 games into the yeah season. Like that shows a level of unpreparedness that i think like the nba should maybe be uh materializing some mechanisms against yeah uh but at the same time like they're not right now and that's why you see these things happening with the warriors and and the and the Cavs. what are happened you, with uh, are, you, are you proposing a veterans tax <laughs> <laughs> I, i'm proposing some some disincentives uh for teams from just letting guys go like i know that there's sure. the money aspect of it but at the same time like i said like you're just you're you're like the Mavs are already in off-season mode right they're mm-hmm. already making plans yeah. for the 2017 2018 season and we're not even, I mean, we're barely three quarters past past this season. We're, you know, not even close to the draft. So it's just an interesting dynamic. So, what happened with Matt Barnes and Jose Calderon, Jose Calderon was picked up off of waivers uh, one day for the Golden State Warriors before Matt Barnes had been waived. Yeah. And then uh, they waived Jose Calderon like four hours later <laughs> and to sign to sign Matt Barnes. And it's just like, like, obviously, you know, it's Jose Calderon. So like, haha. But <laughs> uh, but at the same time, like that doesn't feel like it should be legal. Like, where is the players association in that? Like you are just you signed a guy, you immediately voided the contract and went and signed oh. another guy like what? Like that there, it seems like there should be some some issues there in terms of like the 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 sheer volume and frequency of roster changes that you're making 
but there's not. All right, Stack, uh, you got you to gotta break it down. Uh, the Snack Wrap is back we this week. We got the Snack Wrap. So uh, we're going to start off. Uh, theme of this week for me, as I started off, or as I kicked off the episode with, was the uh, three-point record being set off by the Cavs. Uh, 25, as we mentioned a couple of times, absolutely amazing thing. So I decided to do some research as to the frequency of 20-plus three-point games uh, in the history of the NBA and came up with some interesting stuff. Okay. Uh, so... Through the end of the 2015-2016 regular season, there were 24 games in which one player or in which one team had 20 or more three pointers. Sure, so chew on this. Uh, out of those 24 uh, instances, it was only 17 different teams that actually did it. Okay, right. Out of those 17 teams, 13 of them went to the postseason that year. Whoa. Okay. All, All right. right. Out of those 13 teams, only three of them made it to the finals. Okay. And out of those three teams that made it to the finals, zero won a championship. <laughs> that's, that's the best funnel I've ever seen. It just it stops. It, it yeah. stops hard. Like, I was, I was just waiting for that, 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 magical, that magical stat that you had there. One team, one team ended, <laughs> ended up winning the finals. No, they, no. They, none of them have won the finals. So. so no team that has ever, ever shot 20, or made 20 or more three-pointers in a regular season game has gone on to win the championship. And only three out of the 17 that have done it have even made it to the finals. <laughs> Crazy. What? Oh, man, man, man. Rambling Gambler here. Rambling Gambler. All right, so for my Rambling Gambler bit this week, I need to talk a little bit of just about unrealistic stats. Unrealistic stats because you got me thinking about this. Obviously, with this, the number of three-pointers attempted, first off, first off, I think it's going to get – I think someone is going to beat it again this season. This season. Wow, I I think they're going to go for it. I hope you're right. Teams are teams are making a push. So I I'm going to go. I'm going to go. One team. One team goes goes 25. At least ties it. At least ties it. If not exceeds it. But I'm also because I've been seeing just stupid stupid numbers. I'm gonna I'm gonna set some crazy numbers that I don't I don't think I've seen before. um, But I'm just gonna try and roll with it. So let's go with. Has anybody had a 60-point game this season? This season? Uh, no. Okay. I'm going to say one 60-point game this season from somebody. I have no idea. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll keep this on the record. Keep this on the record. I am going to say 30 rebounds. Somebody has 30 rebounds this season. 30 rebounds. I'm, just, I'm, going, I'm going stupid just because of the numbers that I've seen. You know, after I've seen 19 dimes... After seeing 19 dimes, I'm going to go uh, 25 dimes. Someone, ha- someone has a 25-dime night. Um, I think that's enough insanity for one. Turnovers? Uh, I think uh, 12. Uh, James Harden hit 12 earlier this season. Okay. We'll go, let's go 14. 14. All right. All right. Uh, and so steel, steals doesn't move too much. Steals doesn't move that much. Uh what is the best steal number this season? Draymond Green and his uh, and his triple double. Uh, okay, that's. I don't think that can is not going yeah, to be tied time. again. That's that's a really tough number. Yeah, yeah. That's tough. Um, man. And then leading uh, leading this sing, uh, season in blocks so far, uh, Brooke Lopez with eight, oh. tied with a certain Robin Lopez with eight. Okay, let's go ten. Let's go ten. Ten I, blocks. Ten blocks. Oh boy, we're going. We're going. I'm. I'm going big. I'm going big here. Episode twenty-seven. Major, major callouts. I'm going to see if these are going to happen. This is at least going to spark some excellent gambling for the rest of the season. <laughs> so, this is Honda with the with the rambling gambler. All right. Uh, you know what? We got to move on to a little bit of this week in basketball. So. Players of the week this week are these are these locked players of the week this no, week? No, these are uh, these are guys that I th- would be very surprised to not win players of the week. Uh, players of the week are generally announced on Mondays or Tuesdays, so we don't have that information. Ah, yet. fair enough. Yeah. Now the more you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're saying LeBron? I mean, obviously LeBron. LeBron is like, wasn't he the player of the month last month? Yeah, 
and he's shooting uh, over 50% from three in his last 10 games. <sighs> yeah, he's absolutely turning it on in a way that we have. In a way that you don't even see LeBron turn it on is the way that he's been playing. <laughs> like, like, yeah, absolutely incredible. I, like he's, I think he has to be a lock again. And then, uh, yeah, it would be stupid not to consider Westbrook, at least in consideration. He's like like semi-permanently in consideration. It's like, has Westbrook really played that much? It doesn't matter. Just keep well, him in consideration. Right, exactly. Like when you say like, oh, who should win uh, player of the week this week or player of the month? The first thing anybody does is like, well, what did, what did Westbrook do this week? <laughs> oh, oh, 44 points in four games? Yeah, okay. Can I just go to one stat from Westbrook that just continues to blow my mind? Yep. And that's the fact that he's got more triple doubles this season than Jordan had in his career, I believe. That's wild. That's so it was like 31 to 30 or something like that. So I, I, my head just I, – like I had, to, I had to get off my computer and just, <laughs> just go for a walk because yeah. I, like, I, I couldn't digest that that's right away. That's enough triple doubles yeah. for the day. <laughs> All right, let's talk about a few a few injuries that happened this uh, over the last couple weeks here. So it looks like uh, so Noah is out for the rest of the season, Embiid is also out. Yep, that's a big one. Man, that's that's a shame. That that really is a shame. It's just like you want, especially with what he's done for basketball, you want him to to continue to make it. But man. That just sucks. It does. It does. And he's, he's people have been kind of drawing the Odin comparisons lately. And for me, this is so much worse because Odin, there were issues with like whether he li- like literally wanted to be playing basketball. Like yeah. there were people saying like there were alternative professions yeah. he was looking to. And Bede is like, he is there and he is the guy and he wants to be out there. And that shows when he's playing and it shows even when he's not playing, right? Like he's, he's very outspoken and he's, he became the face of that franchise before he ever stepped onto the court, and then he backed up everything that he was doing and yeah. staying off the court as soon as he stepped on it and started producing in the way that he was. Yep. And to see him go down like this, it's just it's it's frustrating to see as an NBA fan, and, and I'm sorry to all the Sixers fans that are listening, but it's <laughs> it's brutal. It is brutal. Yeah, you just you don't like to see it. as a, you know as an NBA fan, as an overall NBA fan, I don't like to see any players go down, especially especially ones that that fully embrace embrace the culture, really give back to their fans. And that's what you saw Embiid doing. You saw you saw Embiid stepping into the culture of Philly and just really show this season, really showing like what he could do. And it was just yeah. I, I, I I'm I'm disappointed. I, I'm definitely disappointed. Uh and Durant going down. It's it's just it's not good. No. <laughs> it's no, just sir. It, it's not good for the league and it's not it's not good for him. And it, like, there's no winning situation here because it, it was like you'd rather you'd you'd rather have the Spurs or you'd rather have the Clips or like whoever's gonna face them in the West. You'd rather have them take on Golden State at their best to say they beat them at their best and not as a result of somebody being out. Who's uh who's your Western Conference champion right now? Uh, the Spurs right now are two games behind the Warriors with. 21 games left. Yeah, they play. They play pretty. They play three times uh, in those 21 games. Yeah, I think two of them are in San Antonio. Oh, who is my Western Conference champion? I mean, gosh, I think I still have to go Golden State, but but it's it's tough because it, it's it's that fact about betting on the Spurs. It's they're always they're just. They just sit there in two. You don't really worry <laughs> about them, and then all of a sudden they'll just they'll go off on you, yeah. and and really make a run at it. But who who's yours? Uh, are you going with Golden State, or are you uh, are you are you rocking somebody else? So there's else? Un- undoubtedly some recency bias in this since I watched this the Timberwolves game last night. But the Spurs are nasty, right? Now. Oh, they're so good, and Kawhi Leonard is like he's becoming exciting to watch he's you know that like that exciting fundamental player yeah his defense is absolutely off the charts uh (laughs) it's and it's to the point where he's he's kind of that playmaker on defense that you don't see out of a lot of players and when you do and especially when he does it it's absolutely special yeah he got six deals against against the team last night and wiggins who had 19 straight 20 plus point games he just absolutely hounded him and frustrated the shit out of him and just like it's a different level of player than we see from a lot of guys. And he's, he's, he's clutch on offense. He's a skilled shooter. He's a skilled finisher. And he just creates so much for that team. Yeah. Uh, 
the supporting cast, it's not where Golden State is. Uh, I fully admit that. But just the, the skill of Popovich and, and the rotations that they play and the determination of those guys, like it's, he's so consistent and fundamental that I can see if the Warriors get shook a little bit, like we've seen this before, the like yeah. 3-1 in the finals, right? Yeah. They got shook, and that was the first time we had seen it all year, but when it happened, they couldn't recover from it. And I, I worry a little bit that with that same cast, Kevin Durant is going to be that shakeup. Kevin Durant going down is going to be that shakeup that mm-hmm. they don't recover from as much as people are expecting them to. And the Spurs are that team that will just absolutely take advantage of any vulnerability that you show as a team. So, so, so let's talk about one thing for one second here. The, uh, t- like, in terms of having Kawhi lead your organization versus having Curry. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, recently we've seen some fluctuation in Curry's game. Yep. But we, we've seen a pretty consistent Kawhi all season. Oh, yeah. So... Yeah, it's it, it's definitely tough, and I I definitely think that they can get shaken up. It's just when they but when they decide to crank the knob and turn it back up, they they just beat everyone. Yeah, they beat everyone into oblivion. So I I don't <laughs> I like I don't know how to bet on that. So, um, but obviously obviously the Spurs are a contender. This is this is where I need a few more weeks to digest oh, exactly exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, my, my motto through the last season's finals was was don't bet against the Warriors. It's bad business. But yeah, <laughs> I, I can't I can't stand by that anymore in this season. I don't know. I, I can I can very easily see things getting shaken up in the Western Conference. All right. Okay, there's there's so much to think about. Yeah, we're that's, not going to resolve fill, that one. That, right that, now. That, that's going to fill up entire episodes <laughs> as we move along here. Episode twenty eight is just is just Hondo just pondering exactly <laughs> exactly what's going to happen in the Western Conference playoffs. That's it. <laughs> A little bit lighter news. So the the big three logos have have been announced this last week. Uh, some crazy names. I saw a ghost theme. The ghost ballers. Yeah. Oh my god, they're glorious. Uh, yeah, purple and white. Just the freshest, the freshest logo and the freshest color combos coming out. Uh, my personal favorites are the ghost ballers and the three headed monsters, uh, which is Jason Williams' teams. Um, yeah, check them out. We'll we'll post them up on the uh, on the Twitter feed. Make sure you get a good good look at them. The trilogy. Every one of them. Every one of them. There's been some clear work put in, and they're all sti- <laughs> they're all very stylized, and it's 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 the materialization of of what we want to be seeing in the big three is like this professional. <laughs> Yeah, just total fucking nonsense on, on, on a basketball court. And that's what you see in the ghost ball. <laughs> I can't keep it straight. Go, ghost, it ghost ballers is hilarious. The the trilogy looks like a really bad horror movie <laughs> with Kenyon Martin, starring Kenyon Martin and Al Harrington. <laughs> the Killer 3 is, is, it looks like a wasp removal service <laughs> with John C. Billups and Stephen Jackson. Three-Headed Monsters is like a kid's like a like a kids uh, monster movie. It just <laughs> Richard Lewis, Jason Williams, Tri-State. Honest to God, looks like a uh, a tire protectant. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we'll definitely throw these up on on the Twitter feed. Okay, beyond this, <laughs> this this story coming out of Philly is pretty funny. Evil Genius Beer from Philly is now brewing a Trust the Process IPA. How did it take so long for somebody to get on this? Oh, I don't know. I feel yeah. like there's a there was a monster opportunity earlier in the season. So yeah, yeah. I mean, you branded a player or a team, <laughs> and then a specific player, and it's the most hyped player in Philadelphia right now, outside of maybe Carson Wentz. And it's it's you know kind of a phrase that the entire city has latched onto. And I don't understand how you don't plaster this phrase over everything Philadelphia you have. <laughs> Evil genius beer. That that's also it out. that's also just a great name. Yeah. All right. So. This next week in ball, so our RTP game of the week is the Warriors versus the Spurs. This is on 311. So we also have some other games of note. Rockets versus the Spurs on 3-6. Boston versus Golden State on 3-8. The Spurs versus the Thunder on 3-9. I like that Spurs-Thunder because that, that's a bit of a rivalry, um, which is quite enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. Some of the worst week. games. Some of the worst games in the public service announcement for this week. Lakers played the Mavs on three seven. Stay away from that one. Uh, the Bulls and Magic not going to bring you much entertainment on three eight. <laughs> and the Nets versus the Mavs. It is best to change the channel. That is a horrible game and probably one of the nominees for worst game of the year. Uh, my obscure game of the week. 
I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how obscure it is, but I'm going with this. This is from the KBL, the Korean Basketball League. Of course. And this is the uh, the Busan KT Sonic Boom versus the Changwon LG Sackers. I didn't even know Sakers Sackers. I have no idea what. <laughs> I, I have no idea what that is. I don't know why you're looking at me. <laughs> not. I have no idea what it is. So that's why I brought it up. <laughs> All right. So that's gonna wrap episode 27. If you're on Twitter, follow us at Ryden underscore The Pine and at Dota at How3 at Vexed Intellects. If you're in the Seattle area, please come join up with us at NBA Thursday. You can find us on meetup.com, NBA Thursday. So, Stag God, who, who's going to bring us out this week? Yeah, stepping in for Gee. End quote of the week, uh, Andrew Bogut. We talked about him earlier joining the Cavs this last week. Uh, flipping over from beautiful, San, sunny San Francisco over to Cleveland. Uh, asked why he did that. Quote, I heard it's beautiful this time of year. <laughs> Saucy. Un- unbelievable. Yeah. This has been a Vencast Studios production. Ah, the copperhead snake. It hisses before attacking. But that's not a copperhead. That's the Sullivan's RV freshwater tank overflowing into their black one, which is backing into their vent pipe, making for a very different kind of attack. One that arrives just in time for taco night. It's wild out there. When it gets too wild, Progressive has your RV covered. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.